Welcome, folks, to the Career Success Academy podcast. I'm Denise, the founder and CEO of the Career Success Academy. And I'm Ty, your host. We're here to help you unlock your full potential and thrive in your career. Together, we'll explore the strategies, insights, and stories that will guide you towards the success you've always dreamed of. I've spent years dedicated to empowering individuals like you to excel in the workplace. Through this podcast, we'll be your coaches, mentors, and trusted advisors. So whether you're just starting your journey or looking to elevate your career to the next level, the Career Success Academy podcast is your go-to resource for all things professional growth. Expect interviews with industry experts, career tips and tricks, and a healthy dose of inspiration to keep you motivated on your path to success. So get ready to turn your dreams into reality right here with us. Today, we're talking to Anjanae Abstin. We'll delve into her background, including her decision to work abroad in Egypt after college and her transition to New York City as an administrative assistant for the head of security at a commercial real estate company. Although her role initially didn't align with her marketing background, Anjanae's dedication and ability to learn quickly enabled her to contribute significantly to the security and technology aspects within the company. So let's jump into our episode for today as we explore the concept of how taking the lesser role could be a setup for the lead role. Let's meet our special guest. And so Anjanae, I wanna welcome you. I wanna give you a chance to greet everyone before we jump in talking about your career. So do me a favor and introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you, Denise. So excited to be here. Um, so I'm Anjane Abston. I'm originally from Chicago, but I've been living in New York City for the last 16 years. Um, and I have a wide variety of experience in corporate America, um, mostly dealing with security and risk management operations. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I'm loving to travel. I've been to over 40 countries. I feel like it's a really important part of my life and wellness um, to do that piece. So it's all about the balance for me. Oh, I love that. I love travel too. So we'll have to connect offline about some of the places that you have been and where you would recommend um, that I go. Speaking of travel, one of the things that I learned about you is coming out of undergrad, you took advantage of the opportunity to work abroad. Now, we often hear about studying abroad, um, but you planned early on to work abroad after you graduated and you ended up in the Middle East. Tell us a little bit about that experience, why it was important to you and what were some of your takeaways? Yeah. Um, so in undergrad, I ended up joining this organization called ISEC, which was all about bridging cultural gaps. Um, and it was started after World War II in order to help prevent another world war. And after September 11th, they created a program called Salem, which means peace in Arabic. And during my experience with helping to run the local chapter at my college, I was really, really impressed by this program and the impact. And so I decided that I also wanted to go and participate. And at that time, they offered um, internships in four different countries. And by elimination, I selected Egypt. Um, And I originally only went, I was only planning to go for two months. um, And it just kept 
going and I ended up staying for a year because it was my first time out of the country. Um, and then going by myself and then going to the Middle East. And somehow I just became more and more comfortable in talking to people and while I was there and falling in love with it. So I ended up doing an internship around marketing and event management. Um, it was an amazing experience. I still have many friends from that time period that I keep in touch with and travel with to this day. And I wanted to go someplace that was completely different from America. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were trying to get internships in um, Europe or somewhere else. And I really wanted to go someplace that I thought was, you know, completely different. And there are differences, but there are a lot of similarities. So it was very eye-opening. And I think it's helped me to see things through a different lens, even like 16, 17 years since I've been there. Mm -hmm. That experience still um, holds a lot of weight for me. And I highly encourage people to live abroad, even if it's for a month or two, if you can. It just really um, changes your perspective and the cultural differences, mm -hmm. but the similarities as well. So mm -hmm. I, I am a big traveler and I could not agree with you more. Um, from a standpoint of how it opens you up, it gives you broader perspective when you really begin to truly realize the world is bigger than what we know here. We have so much more to come from this awesome interview with Anjane. But first, a word from our founder. Can I be honest? I used to really loathe payroll processing. That is until I embraced ADP. It's a game changer for small businesses like ours. We've been using ADP for well over five years, and not only has it improved our business operations, but it's changed the way I see payroll. ADP doesn't just offer great software. They also provide exceptional support and resources. Whenever I have questions or need assistance, their customer support team is just a call or click away. Plus, they offer an array of helpful articles, webinars, and tools. And all of that makes managing payroll even more efficient. Now, if you're like us, we run our small business on a very conscientious budget. And ADP recognizes that. They offer flexible pricing options that can fit any business's budget. Now, I've lined things up for you to check it out. I want to invite you to go to www.csa-adp.com. And when you go there, you'll be connected with our ADP team. They are ready to share more with you about the amazing service and how you can streamline your payroll processing. So visit www.csa-adp.com so that you can enjoy a smoother, stress-free payroll processing experience. Now back to our interview already in progress. And so tell us about that experience when you were interviewing for this role and you're like, I am a marketing person and they are looking for an administrative assistant. And in the end, you ended up being what he desired or wanted. Tell us about mm -hmm. that experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was about maybe six months after I came back from Egypt. Um, I was heavily looking for a position in Chicago. Um, the economy was starting to turn a bit. Uh, it was around 2007. And my friend is like, 
send me your resume. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. Um, and so in having, you know, I sent my resume, I interviewed with the person that ended up becoming my manager actually for 11 years. And um, one of the parts of our conversation during the interview was, you know, I have absolutely no experience in security. Why would you even want to hire me? Like, why would I be a good fit? And he's like, no, it's fine. You don't need to have security experience. I've got that. He's like, I need your marketing brain. It's a new um, program. I need you to help me take all the things that are in my head and get them on paper and help to sell and get support internally and externally for the roles and different programs that we're trying to implement here. So I was like, okay, like, I mean, I just went to Egypt. <laughs> Why not go to to New York, right? And so for me, my end goal had been to get my master's. So I originally thought, okay, why not? The the economy is kind of, you know, turbulent at the moment. Why not go out there for two years, have this position, and then come back to Chicago to get my MBA, which is not what happened. Um, but that was my thought when I was um, going into that plan. And I actually ended up having to come to New York for an interview with that person's manager. And I want to say that was like a Wednesday. And the next Thursday, I moved out to New York. That is so incredible. And I hope that people can glean from that, that when you're in that position and you're interviewing, right, you really don't know what that person is looking for because we often default to trying to check off any and everything on the list, right? You're you're going through the list and you're trying to check things off it as it relates to your experience. But I think what was beautiful in terms of a lesson for what happened for you is you don't know what he's looking for and you brought skills to the table that made you even more impressive a candidate um, to be able to slide into that role really quickly because a whole week later you was moving to New York City. And so you found yourself in the world of security. What made you lob on to technology? What made you go deeper into developing yourself as you immersed and began to understand more about the world of security? Yeah, so um, one, we were a very small team. So basically, you know, someone, one of three people basically had to do any part of the security role, which was great because it gave me a lot of exposure to a lot of different aspects of security. Um, but one of those things was technology and the um, business model of the firm that I worked for was a lot of buying and selling of, of buildings. And so we would buy a building and it had sometimes it have completely different technology than all the rest of the portfolio and you have to figure out how things work um because there was no security centralized security department before my manager joined the firm and then I came in a few months later no one was looking at it from a very high level standpoint it was all kind of vendor managed so it was you know a little bit of a hodgepodge going on so honestly I just got sick of people complaining about stuff or like something's not working, we didn't have this video, this system, you know, it was just a lot of complaints. And then trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I not get all these complaints? Because, you know, that's not the kind of environment that I personally want to deal with. And so in going through that, I learned, okay, how the budget system works, how do you get money? What type of money? Is it um, regular repairs, maintenance, or is it capital? And which one and why? And 
what what type of equipment can be done for that. Um, and then it was also learning the different systems. So that was starting to really get out in the industry and going to conferences, meeting with suppliers and different integrators and building a relationship and a rapport with them to make sure that we had the best um, program possible. Um, and then that's just started doing a lot of refresh. And at one point, um, someone asked me, they were like, hey, I secured you a million dollars to do something. Can you spend it? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> I am prepared to do that and keep it coming. <laughs> so, but then because of that, just like, you know, diving into that, I was able to start securing and securing funds for that program. And obviously um, creating a confidence in people that I could execute on um, running that program and keeping it up to date and respectable. So, so I will tell you, um, that definitely doesn't feel as light as what an administrative assistant, um, would be doing. And I think you were set up for success in a, a number of ways because you got chance to get exposure and you were given opportunity to get involved with it. Coming up, Anjane plunges into the interesting topic of the significance or maybe the insignificance of job titles. But first, here's a message from our founder with some very helpful business resources just for you. Your career path is unique. And at the Career Success Academy, we are dedicated to providing the support you need for advancement. Our career advancement programs are tailored to help you shine a light on your promotable skills. We want you to understand how to accelerate your success by developing your skills, helping you be more savvy and generate momentum that works in your favor. Chart your course for success with strategic guidance action plans, and the confidence to seize every opportunity. Your career advancement begins right here at the Career Success Academy. When you're ready to advance, we are your partner, your partner for success. Visit www.careersuccessacademy.live and take a step towards your professional success. Now back to our conversation with Anjane. I cannot gloss over this story of you returning home and passing out business cards and the reaction from your family as they learned what you moved to New York to do. So tell us a little bit about that and then we'll dive into the importance of understanding titles and roles. Yeah. Um, so when I originally moved to New York, I just told my family you know, I'm going to work for this commercial real estate company. You know, I described the work, but I never told them what the title was. And so um, I, I don't remember how long after, it was less than a year, I came home and I took um, my mom, my, one of my sisters, my stepdad to lunch and I had my new business card and I gave it to them. My mom, mom freaked out and she's like, you moved to New York to be administrative assistant. I'm like, it's not about the title. I'm doing so much more stuff. It's just where they could get the headcount and where they could, you know, get the financing for to have this position, but I'm doing tons of other things. Um, and so, you know, it took her a little while to feel a little bit more comfortable about that. Um, and I think it was maybe five or seven years that I was formally an administrative assistant. I actually, after a while, like 
informally changed my my title myself. Um, but it was definitely um, um, a surreal moment. And I, I didn't think she would react like that, but I guess maybe subconsciously I did because that's why I didn't tell her. I was just like, yeah, I'm going, it's fine. Um, but no, as far as, um, you know, the importance or the inimportance of titles sometimes and just how they need to be um, kind of give you, give pe other people a sense of what you're doing. So the title was administrative assistant. I ended up changing it to um, security and life safety administrator. Um, so like formally from an HR perspective, it still said um, administrative assistant, but like from a business card standpoint, signature on email, um, it had administrator because I would try to get things done and people were like, who are you? What does it mean? Like, what kind of administrator, like assistant are you? Like they didn't understand why I was, you know, participating in some of the things I was participating in. So I was like, I needed people to have a different mindset in order to interact with me the way that I needed to get things done. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that wasn't a hindrance in your organization, obviously, because you went on to become a vice president there. So that that's really, really key. But I think the reason why it's important to hone in on that one is I love the fact that you didn't allow it to stop you from considering the opportunity. But I also think it's important to make sure you give yourself recognition for the work that you're actually doing. And I think that that's what but you started to begin to realize was an inequity when you were attempting to execute with your responsibilities and you didn't have the corresponding title with it. And I love how you could nuance it so that you could get things done. But I think in hindsight, we have to develop the advocacy for ourselves at some point to recognize I'm doing way more than with this title and potentially the income. And I don't know about the circumstances with you, but with the title and the income are really yielding in return. And I really wanted to anchor in on that point because sometimes we don't think it's important when it really is important over time. And I think you recognize I, it, it became an obstacle for you, even in the execution of some of the things that you were looking to accomplish. And so I think it was great that you were even able to persevere beyond it, get promoted and get, um, you know, access to greater titles. But I would challenge that, you know, looking back, maybe we could be more aggressive or more, um, and take more initiative or proactive at measures to get it in line. But I do like the fact that it didn't stop you and you were <laughs> able to advocate for yourself and become a vice president there. So what's next for you and how can listeners get connected with you? Yeah. Um, so me, you know, continuing on this career journey of mine, but I also, um, do life coaching. And so that's one big thing for me um, in my life right now is that I just want to help other people um, achieve their potential and their ambitions in life and figure out how to make it all work. Um, and so as far as uh, reaching out, I'm on LinkedIn, on Facebook, um, on Instagram, and um, I can be reached at living.ambitiously.coach at gmail.com if anybody would like to chat. Awesome. I have just one more thing to say to you, Anjanae. Yeah. Success looks so good on you. 
Thank you so much. Thank you as well. Thank you. Now, if you love this episode, you will want to access the free training resource I curated just for you. In my powerful training, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful Women, I share what it takes to prioritize yourself, your success, and your happiness in just seven powerful steps. Access it now for absolutely free at www.careersuccessacademy.live. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, remember, you belong there. Take up space. Listen, I'm so excited for you because you just completed another episode of the Career Success Academy podcast. Doesn't this podcast give you a boost of business brain power? If you've enjoyed yourself, be sure to check out all of the products that we've made available for you today. Lastly, be sure to like and subscribe on all the platforms that you consume this content. We will be back next week with more power leader strategies to help you transform your career. 